Welcome into the Sunday Night Longhorn live stream. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined by Rod Babers, Justin Wells. Uh, the Longhorn live stream is presented by the Cross Oak Group. So thank you to Cross Oak Group. I'll tell you guys much more about Cross Oak Group here in a few minutes. Not much to talk about tonight. Texas beats TCU. Uh, prayers out to Jonathan Brooks, tore his ACL in the fourth quarter of that game. Man. Jimbo Fisher uh, canned. Didn't wow. even get the chance to uh, say goodbye to his players. They just told him to get out of town. Ross Bjork walked in, <laughs> said, we need a guy to have a better coach uh, at Texas A&M. Didn't even give Jimbo a chance to address his team. Uh, mm. We'll get some thoughts on that. Huge game at Iowa State. Uh, what do we think of the TCU-Texas game? Oh, yeah, and Wardell McMack flipped from Florida to Texas. So, Rod, Justin, not much going on. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be enough to talk about tonight. And uh, obviously, Texas remains <laughs> seven in the AP poll. Texas class ranking moves from eleven to seven with the Wardell Mac flip. So, uh, not much going on at all. Rod, let's get your opening thoughts on all of it, and then we'll get Justin's reactions. Oh man, I said I don't know where to start. Okay, start with Texas. Uh, I I went on a rewatch and watched the game and. Uh, I got to tell you, though, th I mean, this team, uh, we understand that they are flawed. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But uh, I do love the fact that in clutch moments down the stretch, man, they find a way to get it done and make plays in clutch moments. Last year, we were all asking for a team to be a team that, you know, last year they got they got outscored in the fourth quarter in overtime actually combined. Um, this year, I think they outscored their teams combined by 40-some points in the fourth quarter. Hasn't been the case in the last two weeks. I will grant you that. Uh, but they have found ways to hold on and win these games late. I, I, I listen, you guys know I've been as uh, critical as anybody about Texas football the last fifteen years <laughs> or so, somewhere around there. Um, but man, there's no doubt about it. There's something special about this team. The record reflects that. Uh, but also, I just, I mean, like I said you got game-winning goal line stands, multiple game-winning goal line stands. You got clutch plays down the stretch from guys like A.D. Metro. Guys, that catch is probably going to go down in the, you know, that's going to go down in the lore of Longhorn history as one of the greatest clutch plays in the history of Texas football, that A.D. Metro catch on third. Was it third and 12? What was it? I don't get away exactly what it was, but it was it was unbelievable. It was. Uh, it was. Third and 12. <laughs> that ended up becoming one of the clutch plays of all time. So, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot to get into it. We will. We're going to – we'll critique everything. Uh, talk about what's holding this team back from being and reaching its capability, reaching its ceiling. Uh, but let's celebrate kind of the, the 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 joyous, in my opinion, kind of the joyous experience of this team being able to win in clutch time. I know some of y'all don't like it because it's a little bit too dramatic for y'all. But man, we hadn't had a team this special in a long time. That 2018 team, it had something special about it too. They tried to make a run. Uh, this team, though, I think is a, is on a different level than that team. It's probably the best team we've had since that. And I know probably about it. It's the best team we've had since that 2019. And uh, Justin, before we get to you, following up with Rod, this is what matters. Fans see the games differently than recruits. Wardell, Mac, we see a Texas secondary that's struggling at times. What does Wardell, Wardell Mack see? An opportunity, Justin, an opportunity. Florida's taking on water. Uh, he sees an opportunity to come in and push as an early graduate at the University of Texas. That's kind of what has been the sales pitch for the secondary. Uh, Kobe Black, Waco Conley stud corner. That's that's been that's been a big draw for him as well. The early playing time, and yes, Texas would absolutely still take Black in this class. And Xavier feel same at safety. They would take yes. both those guys. There's a reason we have been calling those three numbers busters. Yeah. For the last four or five months, you take them no matter what the, the, the call is, no matter what the, the line is, you break the limit. Um, Wardell wants to play early. Kobe wants to play early. They need some of those young guys to, to go along with the Jalen Gilbos and the Malik Muhammads and the Terrence Brooks and the Derek Williams. That's an, another class infusion of talent in that back end and athleticism that I think they really need. So, just you know, you start off the show. I don't even know where to begin. But I do know from a recruiting standpoint, uh, yeah, flipping Wardell Mack this evening was big time. He was in Florida. When he had Florida State this weekend? Well, here I should have said this. Here's what's interesting, though, about that is I was at I was by the school Thursday, 
And Jamari Howard, the corner, had flipped to Florida State late in the week, right? I think that affected where FSU was with Wardell Mack because FSU now has Jamari Howard, Charles Lester. They have two of the top corners in Florida yeah. and two of the top corners in the country committed. So I think that played in into the hands of Texas. But I think that, that doesn't mean that he would have gone to Florida State. All it means is Sark and Terry Joseph, they know the game. They know what's going on. They knew Wardell wasn't likely to go to LSU. So if he was gonna if he was gonna bounce from Florida with them taking on water, it was gonna be the Texas or FSU. We had said on Inside Texas since June that at least one parent preferred Texas. I think both parents preferred Texas down the stretch based on being at the school at John Eric Thursday. But I think that Florida State flip of Jamari Howard put Wardell Mack right in Texas' lap. Well, it's flip season. Yes, it's flip season. I mean, that, there's a reason why we call it that because guys that made decisions a little too soon are kind of rethinking their 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 priorities and their and their opportunities. Wardell Mack is huge, people. That's the number five corner in the nation based on on threes recruiting rankings. He has a numbers buster at 6'1", about 175, 180. He does a lot of nasty stuff on the field that you need, that you desire. But listen, Texas over over TCU, hey, a win is a win is a win. And and listen, you think you're just going to blow out these teams the last time you see them in the Big 12? There, you go up three scores, they're still going to come at you. It, they don't they don't let up for anything, especially at a school in Fort Worth. I mean, they're not going to. And then Jimbo. Now, Jerry, you and I kind of saw this coming. We've been talking about this the last couple of months. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. I thought this thing was going to play out a lot more. But it's funny because the timing is – there's so many data points in the timing, but namely – Texas trajectory. That's it. That's a lot. That's what forced their hand a year early. If 100%. Texas has three or four losses this year, Jimbo Fisher is still the head football coach for Texas A&M. That is the reality. Even Aggies would would, would, would vouch for that. No so at the end of the day, that class is now open to to, to to pick pick from. I know Texas is staying hot on a few guys. You and I talked to those guys over the last twenty four hours, and so recruiting Wardell Mack, Jimbo out. Uh, Texas over TCU. I don't want to hear this mess whining about a close win. Quinn Ewers is back. He went 22 of 32 for 317 yards, one touchdown, and one bad decision for an interception. So I, I think the biggest thing there is losing Brooks and how they move forward. This is going to – and I want Rod's take on it, and I know you'll go with it, Jerry, but I'm curious. Someone's going to have to step up, not just a running back. Yeah. Someone else is going to have to step up. And I think this honestly makes the team look inward and figure that out. Whereas yeah. an injury being dinged up, you know, they're not, you're not always out, you know, for a week or, or a game. Jonathan's done for the year. And so I'm curious how that's going to happen. There's a lot going on today, brothers. Hey, hey look, Rod, I'm going to get to your thoughts on that in a second after I take a second for crossover group. I also want to say this to follow up with what Justin said. Miami, 27-20 at home. They had an interception to win the game. Washington, 35-28 against Utah. Interception to close out the game. November's close football games, guys. I mean, I mean, Georgia is starting to get it going offensively, and they did They probably uh, they did Lane Kiffin up uh, pretty good Saturday, but it, it's November football. Watch Oregon State in the next couple weeks. They have Washington at home and then Oregon uh, in the rivalry game. But taking a second for crossover group, the sponsor of Longhorn Livestream uh, is brought to you by the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to crossoakgroup.com, www.crossoakgroup.com. Thank you again to Crossoak Group for being the sponsor of the Longhorn Livestream. Uh, Rod, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, uh, what what uh, Justin said, somebody's got to step up. 
this is the three high game we you've been waiting on. You know yeah. Iowa State's going to run three high pretty much exclusively in that cold weather Saturday in Ames. What are kind of feeding off of what Justin said about somebody stepping up? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate time for it to happen, right? We know yes. against a pretty high defense, you want to be able to pound the rock uh, above all else. All right, that's the kind of the, the number one antidote. There's a way to do it, different ways to do it, uh, but you want to be able to run the rock and losing held the Doak Walker Award front runner, or one of the Doak Walker Award uh, front runners is uh, is unfortunate. That's going to hurt Texas running game. There's no doubt. I think for Sark, he's got to step up. You talk about guys got to step up. Sark's got to step up his play calling game. He's got to step up his creativity. Uh, yes. The way he, the way he calls the, the the run game. There's no doubt about that. Yes. And I, I think, guys, it's going to have to be all hands on deck. You're going to need a little bit of Keelan Robinson. You're going to need a little bit of Jaden Blue. You got to mix that in. The C.J. Baxter, he's got to grow up quick because he's going to have to be kind of the, uh, I would say, the, the main course of your running game. He's going to take uh, a little bit of that burden, no doubt. But I think you got to throw some other guys in the mix. Uh, you do have some talent. Uh, and then Jaden Blue is a guy I think may be ready to make some plays. Uh, it's something they were they ran a lot of that pony package. They started to run more of the pony package, which is two tailback sets prior to Jonathan Brooks getting hurt. I don't know if you're going to see more of that. The problem is when Texas has tried to go some of those more, I would say, more exotic power personnel packages like the 21 personnel package or even the Big 12 package. The, the crazy thing is, guys, from what I've been tracking, they, they don't necessarily run the ball better out of those, those, those uh, personnel groupings. They actually throw the ball a lot better because teams when they see power personnel packages they, 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 uh, they just, yeah, yeah they right. yeah they counter they're like oh man six oh linemen hey man we got to bring in 40 personnel they go 21 two tail two running backs we'll go 40 personnel and but what's happening is texas has favorable matches on the outside so yards per attempt seem to go through the roof and explosive play rates go through the roof via the pass but not necessarily via the run. So that's why Sark's struggling a little bit when he does try to run out of those, so some of those more exotic power personnel packages. It's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do. Maybe, guys, he may decide he's just going to chunk it. Now, the problem with that is you've got lots of, uh, you know, weapons on the outside to win one-on-one matchups, but Quinn, is Quinn hurt? And how, what, you know, exactly how healthy is Quinn? That's the question. Because obviously late in the game, it looked like, you know, he obviously we know he's not 100 percent, but we just don't know it to to what extent that he may be injured. Uh, it looked like that he came into play late in that TCU game. Uh, guys, we're going to take a lot of questions tonight. We, we want all your questions, as many answered as possible. I know we're probably going to have over a thousand people here, so we can't get to all the questions, but we want to get to as many as possible. So let's get into these questions, uh, Rod and Justin. Uh, a- ATX Dubstep, thank you very much for that super chat. I, I remember the insane game Jay Witt had in the state championship game. Is there any chance we could see him play some running back? I'm gonna I, I'll take that one. No. Um, look, Jay Witt's invaluable as a in his role at wide receiver as a blocker. I want both of you guys to comment on this, by the way, because when Bobby and I did grading the uh, the positions this morning, we brought up Jay Witt, and we said, you know, how much of a leader. Winner's DNA, all those things we talk about, start your drinking games or whatever with the uh, words we use. But he's not getting any targets right now. But for him to make the hustle play he did and for him to block on the on the perimeter the way he does with the effort he does, name another wide receiver that's not getting targets, that's, play, that's making winning plays like Jay Witt makes every game, guys. He's a competitor. Yes. That's why I was on the field for the state championship when Cuero beat Pleasant Grove. Hmm. He was incredible. He broke, yeah. I believe it was Eric Dickerson's state championship record or Jonathan Gray's. I can't remember exactly. What's a competitor? That's the thing. And, you know, you're probably not going to see him at running back. I'd like to have a little package of him doing stuff, but Jerry's right. He's got a role. He has something he has to do. It wasn't just the hustle that he, that he came back. It was he missed a tackle, yeah. got up and came back and hustled down the field. That's just a different level of competitor, and that's why I think Jordan Whittington is so respected in the locker room. Agreed. All right, Matthew, our producer, is going to bring up questions here. So how much smoke with Phil Same now that uh, Mac has flipped? I'll say this. Look, uh, on the Texas side, this has to get to a visit is the big thing for Texas. His father and him have to get to Austin. 
The difference between Mack and Phil same one, Texas has been on Mack for over a year and offered him a long time ago when he was about 16 years old. The other thing, though, is he'd been on campus multiple times. So when it came down to decision time, uh-oh, Florida State got a flip at corner. I'm not I'm not going to go to Florida. They're taking on too much water in the Sunshine State there. It looks like Category 5 rolling the Gainesville. What am I going to do? Well, he'd already been on campus multiple times. He did not need to make that visit to make that flip. Um, and, and I kind of said that at Inside Text after being at the school Thursday. It wasn't a lock he was going to make a visit back. He had talked. Uh, it's possible, but not really a lot from the people you talk to around the program uh, at John Eric. Uh, but so Phil same, different story, guys. They have to get Justin. Father Xavier has to get on campus here uh, late this month or early December. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, that's, there's only a few spots left, Jerry. Yeah. There's only a few spots left. Kobe black is going to have one, you know, through signing day. Uh, I think Solomon Williams would still be a take it edge. That's something you and I could talk about, but we know they're going to look in the portal in that spot anyway, but we know there's only a few spots left. You get him on campus, then, then it gets real. And and you've got another opportunity in a couple of weeks. And and also that's, you know, that game, there's going to be some, there could be some AM commits. Yeah. There. We no. talked we, we talked to Converse Judson Safety Miles Davis that that's a that's a possibility. Um it's gonna be that, curious. They will try to get Ty Anthony Smith to that game. Oh man, they're gonna they're, yeah, <laughs> they were recruiting him like he wasn't committed anyway. Now that now it's just gonna really be amped up. We had a question earlier about Draylon Miller. I don't I don't see him on the Texas on, on the radar right now. Uh talk to his coach, talk to nah. talk to a couple people close to Texas, but that right now the spots are about to be full, and, and now you've got AM's class is going to be pillaged somewhat. And so uh it's gonna be interesting. There's a couple weeks left until we get to December. All right. I think Matthew brought up the uh thank you uh for uh Bomb City Blue Jay. Jonte plus Evan Stewart <laughs> plus Arch is gonna be crazy, Evan Stewart. Uh, that gets to a question here. All right, Rod Evan Stewart, the player. What do you think? Uh oh, he's he's a fantastic player. I mean, yeah, he's he's what he's, he's have you seen effort for talent. There's that. I think Rod kind of got a little a little issue there, but uh, Justin, I don't, I don't think I'm going to say this. I don't think it's a lock uh, that Tex, if Evan jumps in the portal, Texas absolutely goes after him with everything they have. I, I think they I would go after. I think good. they would kick the tires with no they doubt. The tires, but they would kick good. the tires, ring the doorbell, call the phone, send a fax. You know, <laughs> you know something. You know, something, something, like, something like that. They would definitely telegram something. With all in, though, mm. you know what, Jerry? I would, I would almost argue they would because they're going to have four guys leaving that wide receiver room, potentially five, in, in January. And man, if you had somebody to replace an Xavier Worthy and you wanted to clone with the same kind of quickness and speed and a lot of similarities, Evan Stewart's that dude. Yeah, he is a talent wise, he is. I want to know why he's not hasn't been playing. Because he played for Jimbo Fisher. Mm. <laughs> <There's more laughs> <than that. laughs> All right. Um, King Haynes has been doing in Georgia Tech. <laughs> I uh he is a question here from Helio Castillo. Do you feel uh, Rod Stark was trying to take air out of the ball after half after halftime, or was he nursing Quinn's arm? I didn't see a bottle feeder, so I don't think it was that necessarily. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it maybe a little bit of both, honestly. I do think he was um there were times where you can tell that he was just trying to protect his defense and yeah. run the football. And and try to just take some time off the clock. I I do wonder though, but the pain. I don't. I, obviously, Quinn's dealing with an injury. I mean, that's just that's obvious. We know that. I think it's about the pain tolerance, and and you know, and and when he can and can't protect himself. Uh, and I think that's what it comes down to. And it was at one point in that game. It just I don't know. I, it may have. I wonder if it became in a factor uh, in the play calling and became a factor in the game. Uh, I, I think I, it I, could I, have. I think wanted to be more physical. He wanted to set a tone in the second half with physicality. They were beating TCU at the line of scrimmage. I think it was more of 
they've been trying to run the ball in the second half a lot more, control the tempo, control the clock. And with Brooks, they've been able to do that. I felt like it was just an edge toward let's get physical early in the third and see if they can and, and, and kind of put that game away. That's been their issue the last three weeks, getting up big leads and not being able to be physical and take the game, take the air out of the ball and take the game out, take, take the time off. That's what I felt like. And, and I would say this too, third quarter, uh, no, Sark was play. It was fast. He was almost going fast with uh, uh, he was throwing the ball down the field. He was almost trying to match TCU, who was moving the ball early in the fourth quarter. After TCU ran twenty four plays in the third quarter and three to start the fourth rod, Sark absolutely tried to keep his defense off the field a little bit. I I kind of wonder Quinn's arm. I kind of wonder if it felt a little tired as the game went on to him. You know, because you are coming off that injury. Um, I just wonder if he couldn't, you know, he had, he could at times, but consistently were it, because Texas was on track to throw the ball like 40, 45 times in that game at one point, And then they kind of hit the brakes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, that's I know. I know he's protecting the defense. Yeah. I know he, he, I know he gets concerned when teams become pass first and they start making plays against the defense. And, and that happened once again, and there, there are just certain concepts that are really effective versus the Texas defense. Yep. And past first teams, they are in an ideal position to exploit uh, those weaknesses. It, inside cutting routes, I mean, that's it's reared its ugly head again. Texas can't really – they don't defend the inside breaking routes really well. That's about inside leverage. Targets to cluster groups of receivers or bunch formations, that's come up again too because uh, you saw a ton of it in this in this game. You saw a ton of it actually – K-State broke it out too. So there's just a few things that I think the Texas defense, like I said, these are, we're nitpicking, but a few things that you can't exploit on the Texas defense. And I think TCU did a good job of exploiting. And they had a guy, Savion Williams, who, man, that guy's an NFL Dude, receiver. He is going to blow down. up the combine, Rod. Man. We talked about it in post game. That guy's going to be 6'3, 210, 1'4, and vertical 42. People are going to be like, yep, yeah, he's going to go mid late first round after the combine. Um, somebody asked us, uh, somebody said rumors about, uh, Dion, uh, a uh, going after Dion Sanders. We'll, we'll see on that, but boy, that put Rod, Rod, man, Rod would be in a tough spot there. He's a lifetime longhorn. Wow. But, I just don't but, see, I, uh, fit, fit is interesting. I don't, I don't see that as a fit, I, but. Hell is not hell. Last, I, I've watched the news. Okay. Yeah. And I've watched the weather. And I haven't seen hell getting close to freezing yet. And until we see the temperature drastically drop, that's about as much chance as you're going to see Deion Sanders at Texas A&M. I agree. But I will say this. People are talking trash about A&M. And I, listen, I, I, I love the Aggie jokes. Uh, but one thing I did say, I was like, man, they'll fire. People was like, oh, that will take them a while to fire Jimbo because of the money. I said, like, no, money ain't an issue with the Aggies. They got bread. They got plenty of money. All right. And. They, if they want Dion, they they may throw out a crazy, ridiculous number to try to go out there and get Dion. The problem is, I don't know if Dion, they might be interested in Dion. I don't know if Dion will reciprocate that interest. Dion is about the bread, man. Dion Sanders hey. lives hey. and breathes for the for the cash. Well, Justin, he, you, okay. he is going to tap into it. Hey, yes. Justin. That's the case. If they make him some crazy, ridiculous offer, you you think Prime gonna take it? I have zero doubt. I just don't think they okay. would make that kind of an offer. But absolutely, and, and, they're desperate. They're would, desperate hey, right now. You he gives him a chance desperate. to revamp Prime Prep. He can dig that <laughs> thing up out of the grave and say, "All right, let's open a let's open a section in College Station. See how well that goes." Because they, they got to reverse the recruiting, like the trend momentum that Texas is getting. You want to reverse it? That that is a way to reverse it. You can reverse yeah, it. You it's one way. You talk about that. Dion to College Station would make Brian Kelly look like he belongs in LSU. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, that puzzle doesn't fit. Family. Uh, by, by the way, I don't. I don't think it will be uh, will be Deion Sanders. I think Dan. I, Lanning, I think Dan Lanning will stay put in Oregon. And and I think this thing may swing right back to Jeff Trailer. We'll see. In a, in a don't week. Be, I, I want to add this, Jerry, about that. Don't be surprised if, if Jeff Trailer is talking to another another school already about taking their job. And you and I both know how much he values that Texas A&M game. 
Well, you and I well, both know it's muy importante, but there might be another school that's already moving in. It might be a school in the SEC, and that's the school that right the, now money is talking there. And, and I, I agree. I agree with Justin. The problem is there's a one, uh, there's a job other than AM if AM doesn't hire trailer that he wants before that one. So we'll see what yes. happens. I, yes. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think he'll end up at that that the one we're talking about. I think something else is going to open. Uh, uh, Bevo guy with Williams, May, McCarthy, uh, Panix, Knicks, Daniel, Travis all in the mix for the first round. Do y'all think Quinn drops a second round? Um, I, I don't think as it, I, I don't think injury prone um, is the deal. I mean, look, Anthony Richardson missed missed half the some of the, he missed time at Florida, right? It was inconsistent and uh, went in the top ten. Right, it was a different type of athlete. Um, yeah. And then the Aloha Traveler, if yours goes pro after the season, why not go after a season QB if there's a real opportunity to land a big-time quarterback? Well, if Quinn goes pro, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on record. People will get, they'll get the chat going. I, I, I'll take Arch Manning as the next starting quarterback at Texas um, in that competition. I know if, if Quinn does go pro, and I've been saying on here it's a lock, I don't think it's a lock. Um I'll say that I'm changing my tune there, guys. Um, awesome. So yeah, I'm changing my tune a little bit here. Um, but I don't. If he goes pro, I don't think Texas is going looking for somebody uh, in the portal to challenge for the quarterback starting quarterback role. I think Texas is very happy with their quarterback room uh, and where this thing is going to go long term. If they can find somebody that has experience, that uh, could be a stopgap in case of injury, then that that's possible. That's possible. Or he stays. Do what? Maybe he stays. Wow. I think His so. Projections have dropped. In the in two months ago, he was going in the top ten. Now he's out of he's mocked out of the first round. I'll say this. It's been his plan for years to, to for this to be that. That's why he left high school early as seniors to start the NFL draft clock. But dude, the amount of talent quarterback in the 2024 draft is building and building. And, yeah. man, if you were to come back, he might could leverage that into a bigger check 12 months from now. Just thought. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. I think there's a chance. Yeah. Wow. All right, Roy Walmack, thank you very much for the super chat. Oh, I'm definitely, dang, Roy. That's going to pay for at least a week of Rod Baber's uh, – Diapers, oh, man. man. Inflation. That's, that's an inflation. A diapers super chat right there. I'm definitely guilty of being overcritical of this team because we all have high expectations, but let's give them some praise. What we have improved on this year from last year, my favorite thing, third down defense, nine and one. Also, y'all do a great job. Thank you to Roy and all the guys in the chat. All right, let's go around. Let's go all three of us real quick. Name one area Texas has improved this year. And I think we'll cover it all why this team is nine and one and on track from five and seven to eight and five to be a double digit win team. Start with you, Rod. Where has Texas improved this year? Oh, man. Start with the rush defense. I mean, <laughs> uh, the rush defense is uh, right now, at least prior to the TCU game, I'll say that it was the fourth best rush defense, I think, in like the last 15 years in Big 12 play. Uh, and it's one of the best rush defenses in, in recent Texas football uh, history. So I'll give it that. And also red zone defense. They're actually top, I won't say top three in the country. Actually red zone defense too. There yep. you go. That's two easy ones. Justin? Ooh, rush defense. Getting to the quarterback was my one worry going into this season. Um, I would have said picking up where Bijan and Rashawn left off. With, with, oh, with Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter and that and that group back there, but Brooks getting dinged up, getting hurt, really kind of throws that one. That one's not as cool as it was, you know, twelve hours ago, twenty four hours ago rather. Um, I would have said just picking up where the run game left off. Um, to me, it's I'm, it, it's got to be wide receiver because Xavier Worthy was bracketed his entire life until Ad Mitchell got on campus. And it's changed for both of them. You know, X went for 10 catches and 137 yards last week. And sometimes you see only one do well in the, in the game and another one only catches a few. That's because they're trying to – one is getting doubled. One is constantly being looked at. And so I, I'm going to say the wide receiver play. I would have backed it up with, with Brooks and, and the run game too. I, 
if they don't run the ball the final eight minutes in Alabama, they, they probably don't close that game out. But also the receiver room is so much better. Uh, Xavier doesn't have to feel like he's, like he's by himself. We're seeing freshmen getting a little bit more as it goes. And Adnan Mitchell is easily this. He's exactly what Quinn Ewers needed last year that you thought you were going to get with Isaiah New York. And, and I'll finish this one off by saying quarterback. Quinn Ewers is a much improved quarterback from year one to year two. Um, and uh, that is a much – he's much more consistent throwing the football, getting better, stepping into the pocket. So you put add all that up and you're nine and one. And your culture's better. You're not better. Nine and one, headed to Ames, two games away from playing for the Big 12 championship, probably against Oklahoma State. But man, it's getting it's gonna get dicey for them, even though they have uh, Houston and BYU left because they played so poorly. All right, Juan. A couple of things, Jerry. Can I add a couple of oh, things? Yeah, for right sure. Quick? Always. Uh also remember last year, man, we complained about this team not being a team that could close games out. Yes. Right, one score games. They were like two and five in one score games. They were outscored in the fourth quarter in overtime. You know, obviously, I know the fourth quarter of the last two games <laughs> been a concern, but all season long for them, and even in this, this the last two games, they have made clutch plays in the fourth quarter. The clutch gene of this team has has improved tremendously from last year in clutch moments. I know it's not a dominant team like everybody wants it to be, but we got to recognize that too. This team is closing and winning games. Also about the A.D. Mitchell, to add to what Justin has said, is A.D. Mitchell the MVP of the team so far? It, I would have given it to Brooks. It was Brooks before it he was got hurt. Yeah. I mean, because he's in Bama game, he showed up and made clutch. But, clutch hey, but Rod, to your, point, to your point, what he does just being on the field for other guys – Hey, I'll tell you what, who knows how to round off a route? Yeah. He used to teach, teach Worthy how to round off a route. Yeah. Hey, hey, by, hey, by the way, I, um, we're going to keep taking you guys' questions. This is the Longhorn live stream uh, presented by Crosso. Hey, look, we've had some we've had some comments now, and I can't let them go without responding. Manscapes here, baby. Manscapes always here. The lawnmower's here. Lawnmower's always here on Longhorn live streaming on on Texas football. You know it is. Get her uh, done. Yeah, <laughs> Justin. Get her um, done. All right, uh, Juan. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Gundy to A and M would be interesting. There, it, it would add one more mullet. <laughs> I, think, no. I think it would be a culture fit. <laughs> yeah, but he's got to change. She got to change his attitude about nil and change yes. his attitude. About the oh man. Yeah, it's it's not a fit at all. It's not a yeah, fit at all. Got to get that right. Yeah, no. Look, I mean, I think I think we're I think we're gonna I think we have this thing a little bit surrounded right now. I think Kalen DeBoer early on. I even heard that one last week, and then Dan Lanning last week. Um, Mike Elko's name will uh, 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 be popped up. Is that because Elko's pushing very hard, more so than AM has interest in him? I think that's probably the case. And Jeff Trailer, you're gonna hear a lot in this one. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, producer Matthew probably has another question here. All right, Justin Yarbrough, thank you for the super chat. If we land Blake and Phil same, compare this year's DB class versus last year's. Justin was. Better corners last year, better safeties this year. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, I we're thought. splitting hairs. We really are. The last two classes counting this one, are are what you you can are a foundation for a secondary. Yeah, I I, th- I think the the interesting thing about this DB class rod, and we kind of talked about it uh, on on talking ball. We went over some of those DBs. Jordan Johnson Rebel, instinctive, physically undersized compared to the highest ranked national guys. Right, that's why he's mm-hmm. a little underrated. But instinctive, physical football player can play boundary, can play field. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Catalan, but similar to Catalan uh, instinctively in a lot of ways. Then if you could flip Xavier Filsame, you have that elite, elite athlete with size, the safety position. That would be a heck of a safety combo. To Justin's point, Santana Wilson's a technician, right? Dad played in the Mm -hmm. NFL. Kobe Black. Bare feet too, man. Hey, Kobe Black. Look, if if Texas can close out Kobe Black, as Justin and I expect to happen at some point. He's more Ooh. raw as a corner because he's that small school guy 
that's always had to play every position to help his team win. But what Rod said is so true about him. He's got patience. He's got yeah. natural patience at corner, really good fit at boundary corner. Then there's Wardell Mack. I think Wardell Mack will probably start at field corner, and you'll go from there with Wardell Mack. He's got that link. He's got that ability to turn and run. Somebody asked how fast he was. I'll have to try to find the last Four, five, time. Eight. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the last time he lasered a 40. I think it's been well over a year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Since he ran a laser 40. You know uh, what, Jerry? Wardell Mack, Kobe Black, they're both 6'1 and above. Yeah. Those are yeah. long guys. And Kobe Santana Black's over Wilson. 200 pounds now. And Santana Wilson, six foot, uh, six foot yeah. nine, six one as well. So Texas addressing. Uh, they they want to play drop and run. Yeah. Yeah. They want to play more press. That's why they need this. SEC, right, Rod? SEC. You can't play off the dudes in the SEC. They're just going to rip right by you. No. Yeah. Uh, so thank you everybody for the super chats again. Uh, Wells, does GH? <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> Justin, why don't you read that question? <laughs> Zane Petty asks. Zane Petty. He's the one that asks. Wells, <laughs> does GH have you using the lawnmower 5.0? And my hey. answer is, he was trying to convince me until he said you could use it for downstairs and upstairs, and <laughs> oh, I decided no. I'm out. I said, no. listen, I have a line. I have a boundary as a man. Jerry's like, oh, screw it. It's all hair. It's all the same. I say, no, no. Man, it ain't all the same. No, so it ain't all the same. I have been scared off of this device from him no. and Blake, coffee and football, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> now, I'm old school, man. Old school. Uh, no, you got to have a set, separate devices, though. I agree. I, I like the manscape thing. But separate devices. Hey, look, this is the <laughs> separate <laughs> rooms. You know, also, I also have the handyman. Okay, I have the handyman. Okay, so, uh, Justin was Justin was setting me up to uh, fail on fourth and one like Aiden Connor. All right, guys. Oh, <laughs> question: Texas football hooray for ten bucks here. Short running game has been tough. Aiden Connor feels like a culprit. See Red Cat fourth down with Jay Brooks out. Wise wow, moving C Jones to guard playing. Cam at right tackle, a dumb idea to get a bit more push. Uh, Rod, right. I'll let you address this. And, uh, you know, w- w- Justin, I'll, if we have anything to say, we'll follow up. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. At this point in the season, that'd be a pretty drastic move. I'm not going to say it's a, it, you know, it's bad. That's a pretty drastic move this late in the season, especially yeah. since your offensive line, you – you know, it's all about cohesion with different units and continuity with – it's prop, more so than any other group. Uh, they work as a unit – um, so that'd be pretty drastic. And if you do it situationally, obviously it'd be a dead giveaway. Um, yep. so I don't, I don't know if that's something they'd go to it's, but obviously it's an issue. There's no doubt at this point in the season, Texas, is a bad short yardage team and they're a bad goal line team. And, and they're obviously that, that affects their red zone uh, effectiveness as well. And I, I'm sure the coaches, coaches are just problem solvers. They've gone through it, troubleshooted, try to every different solution you probably can go through. Um, maybe more different personnel is probably the, the next solution that they probably would like to explore. Uh, but there's no doubt, man, Texas is a bad goal line team. And it doesn't make a lot of sense considering how mammoth they are on the offensive line. Or maybe hey, that's it. Maybe that's part of it. Hey, Rod, I want to I want you to follow, I want you to follow up with this though. With on the Cam Williams part, this is what I think is so we have to hit on with this. He's developing as a tackle right now. He came out of Duncanville as a really talented player that was a raw te- as far, in terms of being a technician. 
Texas is developing him for over a two-year period to get him ready to be the right tackle next year, yes. unless Brandon Baker comes in and is a special freshman. So uh, you don't, I don't think you can mess with that necessarily if you're flood, because you have to get this guy ready to play tackle next year. And if he's cross-trained playing guard, those practice reps, miss he, practices, stuff. he practices one day a week at left tackle in case Banks goes down with a serious injury that keeps him off the field for extended amount of time. The rest of the time, he is working exclusively at right tackle so they can develop. Talk about that process and how important that is and why you maybe don't want to move him around while you're developing him when he gets older and there's injury, maybe, but not right now. Yeah, maybe overload, right, for a young guy trying to learn different techniques and trying to keep it all together. I mean, I've been heard NFL linemen talk about how different it is to play right tackle and left tackle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've even even heard some people talk about basically it's like, uh, you know, trying to throw with a different hand or, you know, I mean, trying to kick with a different foot that isn't your right, your fate, your obviously your your strength or your strong um, uh, side or whatever it may be. So it's it's one of those things where I, I know that some guys can do it and it's more seamless, but I think it's a lot more difficult than a lot of fans um, understand it to be because of the technique and the fundamentals. All of it flips and it's all kind of reversed on the other side. And man, linemen, their technique in terms of their footwork and hand placement, and it is down. It, it, it's pretty tied in together. A lot of it is. And uh, on it, different sides of the offensive line, obviously, um, that's it's very different. So, uh, I, you know, I know the young man can do it. I'm sure he can. But I'm with you early on while you're trying to get them to master one of their techniques and master one position. You like to give them as many reps at that position as possible. And you like to get them to a certain level. Uh, performance before you start trying to cross train them elsewhere. Hey, uh, Helio Castillo, 752. Matthew, if you can pull that one up, has a really good question, I think, uh, for Rod here. I, Rod, why do you think the Texas deal doesn't have more batted balls since they see, see so, so many short crossing routes? Um, I, I The only thing I can think of is probably that they're not necessarily in pass rushing lanes. Uh, they're teeing off just trying to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And if they were in pass rushing lanes, uh, then, then probably they would be instructed to get their hands up in those pass rushing lanes. That's the only thing I can really think of because Sarkis talked about how they have a tendency, and we've seen that against quarterbacks that run, to get out of their pass rushing lanes because, you know, they, they obviously are a little bit undisciplined getting to the quarterback. And maybe that's when the quarterbacks get a, get a nice window to throw the football through. That's the only thing I really can think of on top of my head. I haven't really looked at that. I will throw it out there. I, I thought they had more batted balls in the TCU game, um, considering I know TCU wanted to get rid of the football quickly. Uh, you got a lot of guys who are like Ethan Burke, Alfred Collins, Tavondre Sweat, tall guys, long wingspans. Um, I don't think that's been, that's been a coaching point for them. I will say that. I think if it was a coaching point for them, I think they do it more. I think they're more instructed to try to get home and get after the QB more than they are about disrupting pass rushing lanes. Uh, guys, I'm going to reset the show real quick. This is the Sunday Night Longhorn live stream presented by Cross Oak. Justin Wells up top, Rod Babers below. I'm Jerry Hamilton. Again, take a second here for Cross Oak Group. Uh, live stream is brought to you by the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. All right, in the reset, we've been talking about the win over TCU, Jonathan Brooks, uh, torn ACL, uh, was released by the University of Texas today. We've talked about Quinn Ewers, his return. We've talked about Jimbo Fisher uh, being shown the door and the Wardell Mack flip. So any uh, uh, any other questions you guys have, fire them off. Uh, we'll try to get to them. Uh, here's one, Kyle Weatherspoon. Thank you very much for the Super Chat. What positions are portal priorities in the offseason? How many would we go after? Let's see if we all agree on this. I'm going to give you a list, starting list and see if you agree. Tight end, wide receiver. Yeah. Linebacker possible, D-tackle possible, um, safety. 
are, are kind of the ones for me um, right now. I mean, maybe – I don't know if I said tight end. If tight end that can stretch yeah. the field, if you can find somebody in the mm-hmm. portal, what, what say you? They're going to need another tight end. They're going to yeah. need – since they're only taking one in this class, they're going to need to bring another guy in from depth chart reasons anyway. And one that might be a little more explosive. Gunnar Helm has grown into a, a good role, but – He's not ready to take over JTS top production. No. Uh, I think Edge. I think if there's a dynamic guy at Edge, they would even though they're building and developing really well with Ethan Burke and those guys, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And yeah, you're going to see another de- interior defensive lineman. You're going into the SEC and you're likely going to lose four or five guys out of that room. You got to restock that cabinet. I wouldn't be surprised if they had two. Yep, I agree, with Justin, on a D tackle room. Um, man, wide receiver, no doubt, Jerry. You got think wide receiver, and wide receiver is one of those positions in the portal, as we've seen with AD Mitchell and yeah. all around the country. Yes. You need quality wide receivers, probably more so than any other position. 100%, in the portal. Rod. You yes. can get quality guys there. So yeah. I, I think wide receiver is definitely one of those spots uh that you'll throw out the side. My two top priority positions would probably be wide receiver and D tackle because you're so deep there and you're gonna lose so much there. But tight end is probably right behind that. And Sark says. So tight end is the second most important position in his offense behind quarterback. Um, you got to have somebody there that can at least add some versatility to the offense. Impactful. They need an. You can't just have a, just another guy. You've got to have. I think that's why they'll go big in twenty twenty five. I really do think they'll get two really really good ones. I love Emory Winston out of Georgia. That's a kid that was visited a couple times. They're in on a few other ones. That I think they go big in the next cycle at tight end too. UT boy, uh, hook them. Thank you for the super chat there. All right, Rick, okay, dog, dog, Mr. Talk Too Much. K-Rob Blue should get the screen touches now. Oh. Um, hmm. I, I thought uh, it, it, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Rod, how much are you going to run screen against the three high? Because Iowa State's not going to really be a pass rush team necessarily. Yeah, everybody's got a different version of the three high, right? Their own spin on it. The TCU three highs a little bit different than the K-State one, and the Iowa State one's a little bit different too. And you're right, it, it depends on how much pressure they're bringing, right? Are they they deciding to pressure and blitz out of that three high? If that's the case, you're getting some of that. Then, of course, those screens will work. And Sark likes to go to the creative screen game. He tried to go to it out of the pony package, that 21 personnel. And that's where the 74-yarder came from, actually. That 74-yarder from Jay Brooks, it was out of the pony package. I, I like the 21 personnel for them. Um, now, without Jonathan Brooks, I'll admit, not as potent um, as it would have been with Jay Brooks in there. But I still think you need to get, you know, Jaden uh, Blue more more touches. I think Jaden – now, I this is going to be on Sark. He's got a scheme and right for these guys. You know, we saw him struggle with this in a Washington game where he had Keelan Robinson running plays. He would usually run for B. John Robinson and, John, and, and, and Rojo, right? That's not going to work. All these running back skill sets a little bit different. Now, Rojo and Bijan can run damn near anything. It didn't really matter. They're NFL running backs. And not saying these guys aren't, but they're younger running backs. And some of these guys are more specialized. It's going to be on Sark to try to weaponize them in the right packages, in the right uh, formations, and in the right way with the right plays. He's got talent. K-Rob, he's got Jaden Blue. you got, you know, C.J. Baxter. We'll see how Sark decides to incorporate, you know, those running backs in – different plays, but there's no doubt it's going to be a creative challenge for Stark now without Jay Brooks. So Jay Brooks had basically been playing like the best running back in the country. He was, he was going to win the dope probably. He was on his way to the dope. He got shut down in Orlando yesterday. We've had a lot of Dominic McKinley questions. I want to answer this real quick. If the Dominic McKinley family gets serious about opening up their recruitment, Texas, well, of course, answer that call. Texas is not going to overly pursue that recruitment, though. That that I can tell you. That's one that, that they're going to have to come to Texas a little bit more so than what you saw with the Wardell Mac and what uh, Texas is uh, uh, attempting to do on TJ Lindsay and Xavier Philsame. Uh, UT Parking, thank you. Why not weaponize kick return a la Steve Breston? You they know, need to recruit a Steve Breston for starters. Well, kickoff returns interesting nowadays, guys, because – that dude was a beast. He was a beast. Yeah. I was yeah. at the Rose Bowl where he went for like 280 total yards. Well, the crazy thing nowadays, if you catch the ball three yards deep, you're calling fair catch. Yes, yes. It, it's like they, the, the game has changed in kickoff return, Rod, a lot in recent years. 
Kind of talk about that. What's your take, spin, and take on that? Because here's the reality. The freshman DeAndre Moore was trying to make a play last night. Mm-hmm. His first chance to make a play in his career, and he got tackled at the 13. Yeah. And that's why their people teams are just and saying they get the scare, they get the life scared out of them for doing that. And we'll just take it at the 25 yep. and take our chances, Rod. Yeah. No, I mean, unless you're guaranteed to get past that 25, coach is gonna tell you you need to hey, you need to take that touch back so we can get it at the 25. And as you know, if you the thing about it is, and that's happening at every level of football, right? At the college level, maybe for different reasons, but the NFL level, you're seeing more and more. You know, touchbacks, less and less, fewer and fewer kickoff returns, fewer and fewer punt returns. Uh, it's just kind of part of the game. They're kind of taking the return element out of the game at every level. But it is a chance for you to, you know, get some hidden yardage. Uh, and, yeah, for Texas, who can recruit the kind of athletes that can actually kind of maximize kickoff returns, Texas should actually try to find a hidden gem uh, in the kickoff return game. They hadn't had one in a little while, actually. I mean, thinking about the last one, who was great in the kickoff return. I mean, Deshaun Jameson actually was pretty damn good. I was about to say, DeJay Johnson. DeJay was good, too. DeJay he was Bobby better in the punt game than he was in the kickoff game, which I know sounds yeah. weird, but right. it's – No, there's a, there's a difference. Hey, by the way. And I Aaron Ross was big in the punt game, whereas wasn't in the kickoff return game. Yeah. I think Ryan Niblett may become a factor next year. I think he could definitely do that. Absolutely. Niblett's got the type Evan of – Duvernay was really good in the kickoff yes. return game. He was reliable too, though. Duvernay could actually catch it. The thing with Duvernay is he had a running back body. Yes. So he could bounce people in the kickoff return game. Or he was more straight line. Your jitterbug make two guys miss quicker. Your punt return guys. There's there's a reason Xavier Worthy's better in the punt return game than kickoff return game, despite being 170 pounds. You're not going to run that guy into the wedge. And the punt return guy, he gets to make one or two guys miss, and he can make 15 for you. Uh, so again, my Longhorn live stream here on a Sunday night. Rod Babers, uh, Justin Wells, and myself. Uh, McKinley's he did confirm his uh, commitment to AM. But let me, let's just say this, depending on who's hired and if Elijah Robinson's retained, these things can change. Uh, now, Don, Don McKinley's not an early high school graduate either, so he could actually take this thing to February. He's one of the rare kids if he wanted to. I don't think he will. Uh, South end zone queen. Jerry, how does Wardell Mack commitment flip affect Kobe Black? And what about AM coaching change? Help Good way. It uh, doesn't hurt Kobe Black at all. Justin, I think it might help. I think, yeah, that definitely doesn't hurt. Momentum's momentum. What about tweet 20 minutes after it came out? Trust me, that's pro Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what about AM coaching change? Help or hurt? Initially helps. Let's see who they hire. I mean, yeah. let's see who they hire. AM's very motivated in the NIL game. There's a reason they're making this move now because they feel like they're losing yeah. ground to Texas. So whenever they make their hire, they're going to be extremely motivated. And, Jerry, you'll notice if Jeff Trailer does get the gig at Texas A&M, they're probably going to hold on to the East Texas commits. Uh, no doubt. So there might be a reason Terry Bussey's still attached. And Draylon Miller, Miller will turn right back west and head to A&M again. Dalen uh, Evans will stay the course. Yep. Yep. Uh, again, Longhorn live stream here. we got a few minutes left. Uh, Mr. Talk Too Much Murph's foot is Jack Arch better be ready. Um, look, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know about foot back, what, what have you, um, definitely got some issues. Foot. And yeah, I the think, only thing problem with his foot is he, is he passes off of it. <laughs> uh, I think Arch will be more than ready. All right. Nigel Robertson. Why does Sark run more misdirections? Will route traverses to utilize the team speed and please run the ball outside the tackles. Rod, I'll let you take that one. Uh, he does actually run a lot of misdirection. I mean, that's one of these signatures actually. Uh, the Sark offense, uh, Will Routes, eh, he ran a lot of them actually with Bijan. When yep. Bijan was in the backfield, he, that was one of the staples. He ran a lot of Will Routes. Hadn't run as many of them this year. I think maybe he didn't necessarily trust the, the hands of the running backs running those types of routes. Um, I, I wonder why he didn't run, run more of them with uh, Keelan Robinson, actually, because Keelan Robinson started to catch the football more downfield last season, and he'd be perfect. To, everybody assumed he was always going to catch a ball that's, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, he'd be a guy that maybe you can see if he can stretch the field. I don't know if he has those types of hands. 
Uh, and he does. He runs reverses too. I mean, that's I, sorry. I'm not. You want to run more of those? I could understand that, but Sark runs a lot of that misdirection anyway. He runs a lot of reverses um, anyway. You don't. Uh, if you're sorry, he runs. He, he runs the jet sweep motion. Uh, may not hand off the jet sweep as much, but you'll see the jet sweep motion a ton. That's part of the misdirection. So his pre-snap motion and shifts that works as misdirection. Oftentimes, the flow of the play itself, direction of the play, is in the other direction of the flow of the pre-snap motion and it shifts. And, and Rod, explain this to the Texas fans who may want to answer on this. Texas is going to run inside zone in between the tackles a lot in their running game. Their outside running game, if you saw Saturday night, was the horizontal pass to Xavier Worthy, right? Talk about that scheme, how Sark schemes that up, and how important that is to making it all come together. Yeah, that's an extension of basically the run game. Sark's offense, he describes it as an RPO-based passing game. Um, and essentially, he calls those advantage throws or easy completions for him. This extension of the running game for Texas um, and the RPO, which if it's they have the advantage in the box, right? They hand it off. If they don't have the advantage in the box, that means they have the advantage on the outside and they throw to the tag. Um, Sark basically counts those as kind of the the run plays, and if he has the matchup advantage on the outside, easy completion, and that's why he wants those yak yards after the catch. And a lot of times you'll see guys. Uh, whether it be a third and three or you know, even a fourth and two or fourth and one, um, they don't catch the ball like past the line, past the line of the yards to gain. They catch it right before uh, with a window to get yak yards after. And Sark depends on the quarterback to give him the ball, you know, with accuracy on on the money so they can run after the catch. If it's not, you saw that early on that game when Quinn's off. Man, it, th- it throws off those easy completions. They're supposed to be extensions of the run game, long handoffs. Because um, it's it Sark basically is looking for the numbers advantage. If you got it, in, if you got the numbers advantage inside, we're gonna run it. If we don't, then you have it outside. Wherever you don't have the numbers advantage, you'll have it somewhere else. You don't have it inside, you got it outside. If you don't have it outside, then you have it inside. Hey, and a, a follow up to that. Follow up to that, Rod. Uh, uh, Juju Juice asks. Jerry, can they start scheme up more outside run plays for Blue? And I think this is an important question, Rod, because a lot of people want to see more Jaden Blue, but he doesn't fit the inside zone run game. That's that's Brooks and Baxter and Xavier on red when red doesn't have the red ass. So um, talk about how is can Sark because Blue's going to get more time now. There's no question. And Keelan Robinson, by the way, Justin, also after Rod. Do we have an update on Keelan Robinson, why he didn't play Saturday night? Uh, but, uh, Rod, how could Sark mix in Jaden Blue and use his strengths a little bit more? Oh, Jaden Blue's the guy you got to get to the edge. You got to find a way to get him to the edge, get him to the perimeter, because his burst is next level. I mean, that's a guy that he can beat uh, elite teams, elite defenses to the perimeter. Um, so whichever way, you got to do it. And Sark's really creative about that. We've seen him do it uh, plenty of times. And he likes to move Jaden Blue, start him out, in twins, sort him out uh, in the number two position or sort him out outside and then motion him on a jet sweep motion and use him. I think that's the way to use him, honestly, is on some what they call some of those cheap motions now that they're using, uh, bringing him close to the line of scrimmage in a reduced set and then bringing him either in an orb motion or, and you can get him obviously to the perimeter with swing passes that way, or you can just bring him on the jet sweep motion and get him, you want to get him the football when he's already kind of getting a running start. Uh, because if he can do that, I mean, that guy can get to the perimeter and he can really hurt you on the edge. Uh, uh, Justin, did Sark say anything in post game, or have you heard anything on uh, why Keelan Robinson did not play yesterday? Haven't heard. Um, I, he, I want to yeah. say he, Sark didn't mention it to my knowledge, um, and, and I don't know if he's nursing anything or if they were just trying something new, but no, I, I haven't heard uh, anything lately. It gives us something to look for. And it was interesting because – Keaton Crawford wasn't a gunner last night either because he's coming off the injury. So Texas was down what Sark calls the best gunners in the country. Um, I almost wonder if Sanborn punted short a couple of times on purpose because of that. Uh, we got a couple more uh, super chats here and we'll take okay, a couple more questions. Uh, Sonny V, this, can Sweat learn to take a handoff? Mac used to do that. Um I would say no. Um, I, the only handoff I want Sweat taking is one in the backfield defensively. I mean, I, I, Rod, Justin. He's a beast. 
he could have taken team. one in that on that goal line stand against a goal line against Oklahoma. He plowed through four people as a blocker. Just hand him the ball. There was nobody on earth that was going to stop him. Rod, <laughs> any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I'm just – I mean, he's playing himself into being a first-round pick on the defensive line. So, um, you know, I, I, I think if you're going to put him on offense, uh, maybe you think about a refrigerator Perry type play for him. Uh, but, man, on defense, what he's doing is next level. I mean, he hadn't had a bad game or an off game so far this season. He hadn't had a game, you could argue, where he hasn't been the most dominant defensive player for Texas. And that's that's wild to say. Uh, thank you for this super chat. Does Elko make the most sense for AM to keep the defensive staff uh, together for their recruiting? Elko hopes that's the case, but I think he's down the list from what I hear. That's what Elko's pushing for. And I think that is the best case scenario for Mike Elko. We'll see where AM comes out on that, um, though. Mm. So I, I think I think I think he's down the list. We'll see what AM does with it. I, I expect Dan Lanning to stay at Oregon for those wondering. Um, because I think that he really likes the speed size combo they have at Oregon moving to the Big Ten. Now Florida comes open or down the line, Georgia or Alabama come open. That's a different conversation. Texas Life, thank you for the super chat. Do we go after DJ Hicks if he goes to the portal? Um, I think Texas would entertain it. Um, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I think they'll entertain it. I don't think it's a lock. They would just go all out for him. Force Eldridge, uh, could there be any trickle down from the Boise State job opening? Mm. I mean, does it not make a lot of sense to just hire Brian Harson back and get on with it if you're Boise guys? <laughs> or talk Chris Peterson out of retirement. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he knows the area. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very familiar hire in Boise. I don't think they're going to go way outside the box on this one. I know that for the Texas fans, I don't think it'll be PK. Um, Kyle Weatherspoon, given the unfortunate news about Jonathan Brooks, is it possibly comes back next year? This is actually a great question. One, you have an ACL surgery. I think, yes, it it could push him to come back. And two, you can't go test. Yeah, You're not going to be healthy by, by the time the draft rolls around. Yesterday made him stay another year. I think so too. Just where it is. It's the way sports goes. Yeah, with the value of the running back position now in the NFL. Oh man. Yeah. It, honestly, the truth is, he it, he'd be lucky to be a late round pick if he was coming off this type of injury. And it's crazy to say that, but that's the value of the running back position nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for uh, this Sunday night Long Longhorn live stream. If we didn't get your questions, we have coffee and football every morning this week, 8 to 9. We're going to have some special guests this week. I think Tom Luganbill, who was on the sideline for Texas TCU, is going to join us this week. Uh, then we have the uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night live streams and shows in between. Justin and I will have recruiting breakdown uh, coming up here tomorrow as well. Or, or is that Tuesday? I've lost track. Rod Baberson and I will have talking ball. Uh, so we have everything coming at you this week. Huge week, guys. Let's close out with this. Your thoughts. Hmm. Texas is nine and one, seven in the college football playoff, two games away. And I know people are saying, this is not a playoff team. Hey, man, if people start losing, you can become a playoff team. Absolutely. I mean, that's the reality of college football right now. And, you know, closing thoughts Texas going to Iowa State. Sark's never had a 10 win season. This Saturday is a huge game for Steve Sarkeesian, guys. You saw the way he reacted after beating TCU. Uh, this is a huge game for Steve Sarkeesian, but recruiting Justin, going in the right direction. You're nine and one. You're ranked in the top ten. AM just fired their coach. Florida's in the tank. I mean, there's a lot of positives for Texas right now, guys. A lot. There's a lot of them, Jerry. You and you name most of them. It, it's been a very productive day. It's been an unusually busy Sunday. You know, it, it, it's it, it's been it's been a lot to to, to hang on to. Um, I see Texas possibly if you know they add Kobe Black, you're looking at top five, top six in, no the, in the nation no with doubt. probably the least amount of prospects in the top 25. This is a small class, don't forget that. And so I think that's significant. Um, obviously, losing Brooks, they're gonna have to find somebody else. Somebody else is gonna have to stand up, and it can't just be CJ Baxter. It's gonna have to be somebody else. Right. It's gonna have to assert themselves. I think that's something we're gonna look for this week. 
I think Sark and those guys are going to have to get a little more creative in practice and in play calling. Like you said, they're going to have to scheme some things open. But at the end of the day, Jimbo getting canned, it's going to hurt A&M's recruiting class. It was already kind of dying on the vine. And how long they wait until they put somebody in that spot is going to determine how good that class is. And who they are. Correct. Yeah. Yep. The longer they wait, the more that thing will stretch. If they make quick, if they make it quick, you never know. But man, there's just so much to cover. So much, so much good stuff. And listen, Texas win and survive. Yeah. The college football playoff will situate itself out. People will lose. You will just survive in advance. That's that's the way it was in the BCS. And I don't think it's changed now. Rod, what you got to close out with? Um, yeah, I mean, this team has a chance to play in the Big 12 title game. I mean, that's that's their first goal, right? To play in the Big 12 title game and find a way to win the Big 12 title game. At this point, I, I'm I think this team, they are who they are. I, I'm not looking for them to evolve into something else. It'd be great if they could, you know, play to their full capability um, and be a four-quarter team. I don't know if that's going to happen at this point, but I will say that I am really, you know, kind of happy with the product yes. because they're nine and one. <laughs> like I, I, I like complaining about a nine and one team, and and there you not criticizing. You know, a, 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 or a six and three team, right? Or a six and ten team, my six and four team, right? I'd, I'd rather be able to criticize a team that's not in one. So I'll give them a lot of credit, man, for finding a way to win in clutch time, which they've done multiple times this year. And um, I think next next game versus Iowa State is going to be real interesting without Jay Brooks, with a quarterback that may or may not be, you know, eighty percent. We don't know exactly what it's going to be. And on, uh, and on the road, a true road test. Out of the state of Texas. Yeah, road test. Jerry, I'm, I'm don't really make, Jerry, don't make any predictions about Iowa State, though, until no. we see the line and we see which way Iowa State is swinging. Exactly. I wouldn't touch that prediction until we see how they yeah. go with the over-under and stuff. I'm going to leave Texas fans with this. I'm going to leave the Texas team and the staff with this. Congratulations on being 9-1. and one. And you got Jimbo fired early because you're nine and one and you're ascending. So Texas players and staff, uh, y'all got Jimbo the the AM that tell him to leave college station earlier than they ideally wanted to. So congrats to the Texas team and players for that. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you again uh, in the morning at Coffee and Football. Thank you to everybody for uh, liking and subscribing on Texas Football and being a member at Inside Texas OT Fit Twenty Three. Uh, is the promo code uh, to become a member of Inside Texas, the fastest growing internet Texas coverage site in the market. No, so. fastest growing ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> of all time. Ever, 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 ever. All right, guys, everybody have a great night, and then we'll talk to you again in the morning. Welcome.